Yeah, nice to see you tonight. We're going to have a great time celebrating Jesus. Good. Hey, very, very warm welcome to you. Nice to have you here this evening. Hey, if you're a newcomer uh, to Activate, hopefully on the seat in front of you, you'll see like a QR code or um, there's this URL on the on the screen. If you go to there on your phone, or you can do that right now. So one time you're allowed to use your phone in church unless you're looking at your Bible. Um, if you go there and you can just give us a couple of details, we'll invite you to lunch next Sunday. And uh, it would be nice to hang out with you and get to know you a little bit. So you can just do your QR thing and it's pretty flat, eh? Yeah, it's very cool. I think it's cool. So it'd be great. We'd love to love to have you for lunch. It'd be wonderful. And this, this is where you normally are on a Sunday. It's great to have you here. Well, has anyone had a birthday or a wedding anniversary in the last week? We need to start off by celebrating. No one. Oh, that was easy. Oh, well, I'll just give some chocolate away. Watch out. These could hurt. They're solid. They're solid, okay? So they could hurt. All care, no responsibility. That's all. Happy Easter. Oh, nice catch. Well done. Happy Easter. That's great. Hey, we've got a few things to watch on the news. Why don't you look at the news and then we will carry on. Hey everyone, welcome to Activate Church. Yeah, and happy Easter. Yeah. And also a big welcome if you're new or watching from Ruakura, North or Tuako campus. It's great to have you with us. At Activate Church, we believe in the power of prayer. And we also believe when two or more are gathered, in His name, He is amongst us. He is with us. And so I encourage you, why don't you come to prayer gathering this week? And it's at four different locations. How convenient. Oh. We've made it so convenient. It's at Ruakura, at North, at ATC, and at Tuako. Take your pick. Go to one of the prayer gatherings. It's going to be a great time. It's from 7.30pm. We hope to see you there. If you are in the baby boomer era, then you qualify for Activate Prime. Activate Prime kicks off this Wednesday, 10 a.m. at Ruakura campus. So why don't you come down and hear an encouraging message, some worship music, and also some company around morning tea. So if you are interested, make sure you come down this Wednesday, 10 a.m. at Ruakura campus. We want to see you there, boomers. Isn't it awesome that we have a miracle working God? And we have healing rooms this Saturday at 10.30. And if you need healing, if you need physical, emotional, mental, uh, whatever it is, if you know someone yeah. who needs healing, why don't you come along? It's Saturday from 10.30 a.m. We have a great team who would love to stand with you in prayer. 
If you want any more information on what's happening at church, then why don't you head to our church website, activatechurchhamilton.com, for more details. Well, that wraps up all our notices for this week. Yeah, and we pray that you have a great rest of your Easter weekend. And I believe God's moving in the church. He's doing awesome things. And so be expectant and ready for God to do something in your life today. We pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you.
treasures that fade never enough that you came along to put me back together and every desire is now satisfied Turn shame into glory. 
on, let's sing that one more time. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Yeah.
Come on. We're going to do that again in a minute. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. If you're in here tonight and you figure that I'm not qualified to party with Jesus, let's party. Exactly. You know, in the Scripture, all the way through, Jesus partied with the people that weren't qualified. If you look at the uh, invitation, I think it was to a wedding, Simon, correct me if I'm wrong, it was a party somewhere. And um, actually all the qualified people never turned up. So he said, go to the highways, go to the byways, just invite everybody. So your entrance into the party was just to turn up. But what he did ask was, when you're there, give me your best. Give me your best. I'm going to sing that song again because I reckon we're at a six and a half at the moment. I reckon we can. Okay, come on. Let's give them our best, shall we? Yeah. Here we go. if you're comfortable to do but just still yourself Holy Spirit we thank you that you're in this place you reside in the praises of your people and so we know you're here and you are most most welcome we celebrate everything Jesus achieved at Easter and I ask that this is a place of revelation tonight Lord, that you'd still every mind, that you'd, you'd give us the ability to focus in on you tonight. There'd be a revelation of your love. There'd be a revelation of your kindness, your mercy, your grace. Oh God, I ask that you would speak to every person in this place tonight, that not one person would leave, having not had our eyes open to something new of your goodness and your greatness and your kindness. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would rest on every person. Oh God. Oh, even as I pray that I just saw in the Spirit, I saw him standing people up straight. You're bent, you're under a weight, and I just saw him lifting you. Just standing you, just, just helping you stand up straight in his presence goodness of God. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you love every person beyond measure in this room. It doesn't matter where we've been, what we've done. 
you love us beyond measure. And I thank you that in this environment we get to express a bit of our love back to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How about one last time? We just lift up some praise, eh? He's worthy of all praise, all honour, all glory. He is worthy. He is worthy. You are worthy, Jesus. You are worthy. Oh, and this is the Lord. We thank you. We celebrate you. We honour you. You're wonderful. Wonderful. Well, stay standing for just a moment because it's wonderful tonight. We've got, boy, there's a mess in here. I hope you guys are going to clean it up when you're done. It's so good Pastor Simon's going to speak to us tonight. It's great, eh? And, uh, Pastor Simon is one of our key lecturers at Vision College in the theology school there, the Bible college there. But of course he's our own as well, which just makes it all the more special. So, Pastor Simon, why don't you come? We're looking forward to hearing from you. Give him a massive big hand as he comes tonight. Bless you, church. Good evening. Grab a seat. Uh, While you're there, just as you're sitting down, how about a hand for the the musicians and the, the singers as they led us? Did a great job. Thank you. You know, wonderful this, this idea of the party, eh, and, and, and celebrating. And, and um, this evening, just want to ponder a little bit how we, we got there in terms of uh, here we are celebrating Easter Sunday. If you've got your Bibles with you, if you'd turn, please, to Luke 24, and we're going to be working uh, from verse 13. Luke 24, verse 13, we're going to look at the story of the travellers on the road to Emmaus. But, uh, of course, you know, let's... Let's set the scene a bit there. Jesus had uh, just a few days, well, just a matter of days earlier, he had triumphantly entered Jerusalem. And there were a number of people who were touting him as the long-awaited Messiah, the anointed one, the king in David's line that would, would, would come and drive the Romans out and restore the glory of David's kingdom. And, and so many had pinned their hopes on him. And uh, sadly... The religious leaders of Israel had handed him over to be crucified. The Romans had nailed him to a cross. And we join a couple of people who are on their way back to their village, about 12k walk out of Jerusalem. And they have seen their hopes nailed to the cross. Jesus had died on the Friday. He had been placed in the tomb. We've had the Sabbath, the Saturday. We come to the first day of the Jewish week. Sunday, and that's where we are today. And so if you turn with me there to Luke uh, 24. So we've got this, this couple who are walking uh, back to Emmaus, uh, and it would have been a hard journey. As I say, th- their hopes would have been dashed. They are downhearted. Their spirits are low. Their minds are bewildered. And then suddenly a stranger joins them. Now you and I know it's Jesus. We can see that why, because well, it says so. <laughs> but they're kept from recognizing him. They don't recognize him. And so Jesus uh, joins them, and we can pick up the story in verse 17. We read there that Jesus asks, 
What are you discussing together as you walk along? Now, it's very easy for us, you know, we're looking from, from this place of, of knowing. We, we know it's Jesus. And, and, and I'm guessing that he probably knows the answers to what they've been talking about. But he wants to ease his way into their corridor. And so he says, look, what are you discussing together? And the Bible says, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's quite lovely there. Have a look in verse 17. It says, we'll come back to that. It says, they stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Uh, The message puts it this way, they just stood there long-faced, like they had lost their best friend. And, uh, you know, in the Kiwi vernacular, they're gutted. You ever been gutted? You have just had the stuffing knocked out of you. You've been kicked in the guts. Your emotions go, and you just, oh. And they're gutted. And, uh, and, and we find out that one of them is named Cleopas. That's the male version of Cleopatra. This is a little, this is a little bit extra for you. And, and, and his response to the, to the stranger's question is a little bit sharp, a little bit ironic. You might even say sarcastic. He says, Uh, We see in verse 18, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened here in the last few days. Are you the only guy who doesn't know what's been going on? You can imagine Jesus saying, what things? You know, what, what? Explain it. And so they start to share their perspective on what's happened. And so let's uh, read on uh, from verse 19. Luke 24, verse 19. And they explain, well, the things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said, he was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all of the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Back on the Friday, it's Sunday at the moment, and the sun's going down. So you can imagine it. We thought he was the one. He was the one who would come and redeem Israel. And then he dies. And they're fearful that the same fate awaits them. Because Rome doesn't take kindly to those who, who go against the state. And so his followers have scattered and so Jesus is immediately disqualified. He, he's sentenced to death by Israel's leaders. And surely those guys would know what God's will is as they're discussing things along the road. And Rome had gone and nailed this guy who we thought was the Messiah to a tree. And if you read the Old Testament, then cursed is he who hangs on a tree. So now the Messiah is cursed by God. And so he can't be the Messiah. And they are struggling. They are struggling to come to terms with what's going on. Have a look here at these words. They are poignant. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. The message puts it, and we had our hopes up. We had our hopes up that he was the one, the one about to deliver Israel. A New Testament scholar I enjoy, Daryl Bock, he writes, What they left behind in Jerusalem is painful to recall, for hope departed with Jesus' death. Now just ponder this idea of hope departing. The Bible, you might know the proverb, it says, hope deferred 
makes the heart sick. When you're looking forward to hope, when you're expectant for something and it keeps getting put off and put off and put off, it will make you sick in your heart at the very core of who you are. Uh, The Good News Bible puts it this way. When hope is crushed, the heart is crushed. And this pair who are walking on the road to Emmaus, this is the place in which they find themselves. Um, One of the best illustrations I ever come across in terms of this, uh, I read in a book called uh, Man's Search for Meaning, a guy called Viktor Frankl. Uh, He was a survivor of Auschwitz. Uh, He was a doctor, and he worked in the typhus block taking care of of people. And one day his um, senior block warden came to him, and he said, Victor, Victor, I had a dream. And in the dream, this voice said to me, ask me anything that you want, and I'll give you the answer. And do you know what I asked? No, what did you ask? He said, I asked, when will we be free? When will we be free and be liberated from this concentration camp? When will we be free? Victor Frankl said to him, what did the voice say? And the guy leaned in. March 30th. This was 1945. March 30th, 1945, this voice in his dream told him they would be set free. He'd had the dream, uh, he'd had the dream back in February. They're coming into March. So this guy, his spirits are up. His, his, his hope is up. He's, he's expectant because they're going to be set free. But the closer they got to March 30th, it became more and more apparent that liberation was not coming. And, and, and Frankel's observations are fascinating. He says, on the 29th of March, the guy fell into a, a, a fever and ran this high temperature. On March 30th, the day that he was supposed to uh, be liberated, he, he, sort of, he, he sort of went under, went really, really ill, and on the 31st, he died. On the 31st, he died. Now, Frankel says this. He says, Uh, the ultimate cause of my friend's death was that the expected liberation didn't come and he was severely disappointed. Now, to all outward appearances, he died of typhus. But he said, but actually, the expected liberation didn't come. This suddenly lowered his body's resistance against the latent uh, typhus infection. His faith in the future and his will to live had become paralyzed. Earlier on, he was still full of hope. He was convinced in liberation, but it hadn't come about. His dream went unfulfilled. His hope was unrealized. His hope was crushed. His heart was crushed. His life ebbed away. This is what happens when hope goes. It is as important to us as human beings as the air we breathe. And these two... Walking on the road to Emmaus, it says they were talking, it's stronger than that. They are debating, they are struggling with what's gone on. Hope's gone. It's not a good place to be. And I think the picture is is all the more, it's getting darker as they leave Jerusalem. And so their faces are downcast. Their hope is gone. Their hearts are sick. But we read on, if you go to verse 22, They carry on their story and then they say, but then some women from our group, and remember, these words aren't being said with faith, they're being said with confusion, okay? Then some women uh, from our group of his followers were at his tomb early on the morning and they came back with an amazing report. Not amazing, but 
freaky and confusing. The message puts it this way. Now, some of our women have completely confused us. They said his body was missing and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see and sure enough, his body was gone just as the women had said. So they're confused as well. The women had faith, they were there. They were there at the cross, they were there at the tomb. But they're confused. Now they know he was killed, they'd have seen him. They know that people don't come back from being nailed to crosses. And now they hear that there's angels who said that he's alive. Some of their mates have gone to the tomb to check and it's empty. And now they're not only gutted and they're not only without hope, but they're confused. And Jesus meets them as the day darkens and walks with them. As I said earlier, life has a way of kicking in the gut sometimes. Dreams are shattered. Things don't work out the way that we expect. We're knocked back. We end up confused, disappointed. Doubts flood in. Anxiety rises. And in our doubts and in our uncertainty, Jesus still meets us on the road as we walk in the darkness. I love this point. That Note that the couple that Jesus is walking with on the road here, they are not significant figures. This is not Peter, the rock. This is not James or John, those pillars of the church. It's some guy called Cleopas and someone else. No names. They are not big names. And still... Jesus shows up for regular folks walking home in the dark with their heads down, their hearts deflated with disappointment. That's the sort of Lord that we serve. He, he uh, how does Paul put it when he writes to the Corinthians? God chooses the foolish things of the world to shame the wisdom of the world. The world says, no, this is what's important. That's not important. Jesus says, well, I'll take that because I love them. And he turns the whole thing upside down. Um, and so here's Jesus just walking. It's a phenomenal story if you ponder it. These guys are dejected, brokenhearted. They're scared. They're confused. And he just walks with them. Gently talks with them. We carry on though. Jesus meets them on the journey. He walks with them in their grief and anxiety. He walks with them in their hopelessness and in their confusion. But then the stranger suddenly stops asking questions. And he starts explaining, and his words start to bring a bit of life. And so we move from confusion to a bit of clarity and a bit of conviction. Let's have a look here. So reading from verses 25, and so Jesus speaks, How foolish are you, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. You could read there, how dense are you, you know, that you just don't get it. They could speak harsher in those days. They weren't as sensitive as we are today. Quite honestly, read some of what Paul writes sometimes. Um, he carries on. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all of the prophets. Oh, wow, I would have loved to have been there for that. He explained to them. What was said in all the scriptures concerning himself? See, the old 
I love the New Testament, but, but, but it's the Old Testament as you appreciate the expectation and the hope. You know, there are times when I read the Old Testament and you're like, you come to Saul and it's disappointing, but it's okay because David's coming and you're like, yay, here's David and it's going to be all right now. And, oh. After a while, you're just hanging out for Jesus. You know, the whole it points to Jesus and the whole New Testament walks forward looking back in light of him, the hinge point of history. And so here's Jesus explaining what the scriptures say concerning himself. This stranger opens up the whole Old Testament so that they can see that God's plan of redemption included the suffering of the Messiah. I wonder what it would have been, you know, would he have talked about Genesis and how, how the, the, the heel of the seed of the woman would bruise the head of the serpent? Would he have talked about how the seed of Abraham, uh, through the seed of Abraham, all, all families on earth would be blessed? Would he have talked about uh, how, how there was one who would come in the line of David and his throne would endure forever? Or that there was a, he was the prophet that was promised who would come out of Moses' people who would be greater than Moses? Or, or perhaps a priest in the order of Melchizedek? Or, or opened up Isaiah and, and talked about how there was about the suffering servant who would bear the sins of many. But Jesus opens it all up. And he opens up the scriptures and he starts to talk about how they have pointed to the fact that the Messiah had to suffer and die to save the world before he entered his glory. And you know, with the Spirit's help today, we still hear God through his word, amen? amen. Through the scriptures. But here Jesus explains that the traumatic events surrounding Christ's crucifixion weren't the end of hope, but rather its beginning. Hope was coming. Um, and so we read on these beautiful verses as we, so Jesus is, he's walking. It's this 12 kilometer walk. It's a 12 kilometer walk. It's, a lot, it's plenty of time to be able to dive into the scriptures. But the day is darkening. And as we, we, we move along, we come to verses 28 and 29. And by this time, they were nearing uh, Emmaus. If we read verse 28, and the end of their journey, Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they begged him, stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Um, those who are handing out the communion elements, could we uh, hand those out now? Thank you very much. So Jesus has journeyed with them and he's set to go on. If he's not welcome, he ain't going to force himself. But they beg him to come in. Because I imagine, you see, I don't think they don't want this stranger to go. They like being with him. It has been dark. It has been hopeless. The, 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 the light of the day is almost over. But there's a glimmer of hope with this man. As they've journeyed with this man, hope has begun to stir again. Faith has begun to stir again. They don't want him to go. Would you come in? Would you come in and eat with us? That most intimate act in the ancient world. You don't break bread with people if you don't like them. So he's coming and eat with us. See, for the, this pair, the light had gone out three days earlier, but there's a light in the darkness again. And so he goes in. Thank you. And we read in Luke's gospel that the stranger, we know he's Jesus, but the stranger comes 
And he takes the bread and he blesses it. Brukata runai alachen humalakaholam, hamotzilachem min haaretz. Blessed art thou, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who bringeth forth bread from the earth. And then he broke it. And he handed it to them. And in that act of breaking bread, they recognized him. Their eyes were opened, wide open, and they suddenly recognized him. And, and, and as he broke the bread, they suddenly realized, here is the bread of life. Nailed to a cross to save us. Here is the one that we thought was dead but is now alive again. Here is the desire of ages. Here is the hope of humanity. And they recognized him in the breaking of bread. Yes, there's something of the Last Supper there. Yes, there's something of the Lord's table there. But there's also the intimacy of table fellowship, closeness of coming to know who Jesus is. And what's beautiful is that their hearts start to burn again and we move towards celebration. We read in verse 31 that their eyes were opened. Verse 32, they said to each other, because Jesus has disappeared now. This is, this is all part of that freaky post-resurrection stuff going on. But they look at each other and they say to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And they got up at once and went back to Jerusalem where they found the 11 disciples gathered together with the others and saying, the Lord is risen indeed. He has appeared to Simon. I love this. Jesus reveals himself in the intimacy of table fellowship, in the mundane and in the everyday. This is a Sunday. This is just a normal meal. And he breaks bread and they recognize who he is. And the hearts of Cleopas and his friend, some think it's his wife, could be his friend, we don't know. I think that's part of the beauty is that we can put ourselves in the story. But with Cleopas and his friend, their hearts had dulled and succumbed to the darkness of hopelessness, but they start to burn. See that word? Start to burn again. This is the word of, of a light in the darkness. And so their hearts start to burn again with joy, with passion, with faith, with hope as Jesus explains the scriptures to them and how this was all part of God's plan to save the world. Faith was growing, hope was rising again and joy began to fill their hearts. And they wanted to celebrate. You know, we we read that, I mean, it's it's late. They've had supper, they're going to walk 12K all the way back to Jerusalem so that they can be with their brothers and sisters because something's happening. Have you ever noticed that? When, you, when you're celebrating something, you want to be with people of a like mind. Highlanders supporters probably wanted to get together on Friday and go, how about that? We beat the Crusaders. And then they want to get in touch with their mates who are Crusaders fans and say, hey, how'd your team go? But, but you, want to be with, you want to be with people who are like-minded. Eh? You want to be with people who get it. And so they walk all the way back through. That's how, that's how excited they are. They're not scared anymore. They're not afraid anymore. And so they go walking back. Beautiful. Remember we read earlier that hope deferred makes the heart sick. When hope is crushed, the heart is crushed. But actually the whole proverb reads, hope deferred makes the heart sick. 
but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. When hope is crushed, the heart is crushed, but a wish come true fills you with joy. And that's what we see now in our uh, ancestors in the faith as they go flying back to Jerusalem to celebrate with their brothers and sisters and to find out that, that Peter has seen Jesus alive. And so they celebrate and nothing will ever be the same again. Because Jesus is risen. Yes, he died. And with the, the, the shedding of his blood, he paid a penalty. He paid, paid for a penalty that I could never, ever pay. But the power came at the resurrection. At the resurrection, he rose again, defeated death, defeated sin, defeated the enemy. And that's where the power comes from. That's where the power comes for you and I to live a holy life today. The power comes for us to live that overcoming life. That's where power comes in. And because Jesus is risen again, I have hope for my children. I have hope for my marriage. I have hope for my family. I have hope for those who don't know Jesus yet. See, I can't change that, but God can, and His power is with us. Uh, I have, there, there's, there, there's hope for my neighborhood. There's hope for my nation. There's hope for people who, who have been broken and wounded by living in a world that can be very cruel and indifferent. There's hope. There's hope for this world because Jesus is risen. The sun hasn't set. It's not all dark. The sun has risen again in both senses of the word. So as we come to the Lord's Supper, to the Lord's table, to the breaking of bread. You know, I remember, and this is it, this is about remembering. I remember what my life was like before I walked with Jesus. And it was a mess of confusion. And wandering in the dark. And thinking that hope would come in this relationship or this position or or, or this path, or, or this identity, and ultimately it meant nothing. But with walking with Jesus, it starts to make sense. I don't have all the answers. It's not, a, it's not a bed of roses, as Pastor Sheridan shared this morning, but it makes sense. I'd rather go through the... It's not like, why do I go through hard times if God is with me? It's, it's more that, man, I'm going through this hard time. I'm thankful that you're with me, God. Because that's just part of life. But the whole perspective changes. When we come to the table, we remember that we aren't alone. Hopefully within the community of faith, we get a sense of sometimes, you know, Jesus is always with us. Sometimes we need a Jesus with skin on. And we need our brothers and sisters around us. So we remember that we're not alone. So we come together to celebrate what the Lord has done. We remember and celebrate that Jesus died, his body broken, his blood shed to save us when we couldn't save ourselves. I still struggle with that. I don't know about you, but everything in my life, all my heroes, Bruce Willis and Die Hard, John Wayne, James Bond, they all don't need any help. They all do it on their own. It's not the way of things. Grace is, I can't save myself. I can't do it. I need Him. I'm not strong enough. 
And as I walk with Him, He helps me to be strong to live the life that He's called me to. So I remember these things at this time. We remember and celebrate that Jesus defeated death and rose again. And that power came at the resurrection. John Donne's famous sonnet where he speaks back to death as it looms over him. Death be not proud, though some have called thee mighty and dreadful, for thou art not so. One short sleep, and we wake eternally, and death shall be no more. Death, thou shalt die. So death be not proud. And we remember and celebrate that Jesus brings resurrection power into our lives brings His presence into our lives. We remember that in a huge and sometimes cruel world where we are often bombarded with messages that we don't matter or we don't measure up or we're not enough, that actually we remember that we are someone. This this should be the first thing when we ask, who are we? That we are someone who is deeply loved by God. That we're someone who is deeply loved by Jesus. That's who you are. That's who you are. We know what John records in his gospel. For God loved the world so much that he sent his son. That whosoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The Christianity I grew up with was often a picture of someone with a big stick waiting to get you. No, no, he came into the world not to condemn us, to save us. He's a good God, amen? He's a good God. Kuara maia, he is risen. Kuara te karaiti, Christ is risen. He ponotone, kuara aia, he is risen indeed. So let's take the bread together. Let's take the cup together and let's celebrate all that Jesus is and all that He has done for us. Let's bow our heads and we'll take the elements together. Lord, with this bread, we remember Your body broken for us, that You came, born of a virgin, away from the trappings of power in an animal's trough to save us all. Every culture, all through time around this world, we remember your body broken for us and we thank you. Lord, with this cup, we remember your blood shed for the remission of our sins. And we thank you. Could I just ask everyone to bow their heads for a moment, please? Perhaps you find yourself on the road and it's a bit bleak. You're a bit unsure. 
but confused. Perhaps you're angry, disappointed. Perhaps you once knew Christ, but your heart has been hurt and you've drifted away. I want you to know this evening that Jesus is near, wanting to bring hope in the darkness, faith amidst the doubts, healing to your hurts, love to your heart. He has always loved you, always will. Would you turn to him? Would you draw close and follow him this day? If that's you, I just ask you to raise your hand and just just to say, yes, Jesus, I choose to follow you. If that's you this evening, can I just get you to raise your hand? Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. See your hand. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I want to thank you for our whanunga who raised their hand. Lord, I want to thank you for every soul in this place, every family represented. Lord, I want to thank you for your love, for your heart, and for all that you have achieved for us at Calvary, for all that you have achieved for us through the empty tomb. Lord, we, we can't even begin to grasp all that you have done for us, but Lord, we appreciate and we endeavor to appreciate all that you have done for us. And we love you. And we thank you, Lord, for taking us in our brokenness and putting us together again and just, just for loving on us. And I ask your blessing upon every person here. And I pray that the Lord would bless you and keep you, that the Lord would make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, and that the Lord would lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace now and evermore. Thank you, Simon. Can we show Simon our appreciation, please? What a wonderful message. It's so easy to grow complacent, isn't it, with the hope that we carry. Now, if I bought a new phone this week and it was all the bells and whistles, I'd be pretty keen to show you. I'll be showing all my friends, my family, check out my new phone, see what it does, it's amazing. The hope we carry in Jesus is far better than any cell phone you'll ever buy. Hey, the hope we carry in Jesus is incredible. The the hope of Easter is just mind-blowing, really, you can't contain it. You've painted a a beautiful picture tonight, thank you, wonderful. How about giving someone another hand, that's just great. Wonderful. Well, have we got snack and chat tonight? Have we hit it? I don't know. Sorry, I should have found that out. Great, we have. We've got snack and chat, so in a few minutes, feel free to stay, have something to eat, meet a few people. Hey, I reckon um, take a handful of this rubbish with you when you go, put it in the bin. Well, you see, we've got some legends in the church. I've got a new word for legend. It's Aaron. Aaron's a legend. And if we don't take it, He'll stay here and clean it up. Him and Adam together. It must be something with the word A. Boy, I'm glad my name starts with S. Adam and Aaron will just hang around and they'll clean it up spotless, but we could help them by doing it, eh? Yes, because you're good people. Wonderful. Amen.
Thank you. That's good. Hey, thanks for being so purposed in your giving. We appreciate it. It does allow us to do everything that God's calling us to do as a church. And um, it's great being on the journey with you. Do you want to jump to your feet for a minute? We're going to sing as we go out. If you'd like anyone to stand with you in prayer, come on down the front at the end. There'll be someone down here. We'd love to do that. I was going to pray to close, but I think Simon's done that. So let's, let's party our way out, shall we? Awesome. Thanks, team. Have a great week. choose to walk with you with all my heart all the trials may come that you will be done you've already won so with everything my heart will sing